It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the Go Birds Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Go Birds podcast, brought to you, of course, by Bet Parks Casino. I am your host, Elliot Shore Parks. As you can probably already tell by the fact that you're hearing my voice and you are not hearing the beautiful, quality voice of James Seltzer, this is a solo pod today. Uh, James is feeling under the weather, been sick this week. Uh, nothing for anybody to worry about, but our guy's feeling, you know, Feeling sick, so he's been resting up. Hasn't been in the morning show. Won't be at the um, at parks on Saturday for Go Birds Radio. It'll be me and Devin Caney on Saturday. So uh, you know, appreciate everyone who's going to call in there. Can't wait to talk to you guys. But the reality is, me and James have not recorded in a week. Obviously, my WIP hits are in there. Um, we haven't talked since the Super Bowl because James is sick and haven't been able to record. So I simply could not go a full week without recording just like a regular pod for you guys. Um, 
So it is just me today. I have some questions that uh, you guys submitted that I wanted to go over. I'm gonna talk about the cap space, talk about all types of different things. So let's kind of maybe dive right into that. Um, I do have one takeaway though I want to talk about from the Super Bowl. And I know this is a bit late at this point, but I actually think if you were if you're listening to this, and obviously I'm assuming you're an Eagles fan if you are, I thought the Super Bowl was encouraging. Um, for the Eagles' chances next year. I think we've done a lot of talk this offseason about, you know, Nick's role and having a CEO head coach and having a primary play caller not be your head coach and the benefits of that, the risks of that. And there still are risks. Like, if Kellen Moore is awesome next year, there is a chance he is hired away. But I thought the Super Bowl showed in one key moment why there still should be a lot of belief in Nick Sirianni as a head coach. So if you look at the last three years, I think overall, Nick Sirianni has been pretty good at situational football. It's something he really stresses. Jason Kelsey talked about on his New Heights pod that during the overtime, him and Nick Sirianni were texting about the decision to to take the ball and situational stuff. Like Just from being around Nick, talking to Nick since he's been here, this dude eats, sleeps, and breathes situational football. Now, last year he was not good at it. And I think last year part of that was because he had two inexperienced coordinators. He had a lot on his plate. And I just thought there were times he didn't make the right decision. But I think this upcoming year, with better coordinators around him, guys that have a ton of experience doing it, obviously Big Fangio has done this for a long time. Kellen Moore has done this for you know a long time considering his age and the position he's in. I think Nick will be able to focus more on just managing the team, obviously as a CEO type. I still think he'll be involved in the offense, but he'll be more of a CEO type head coach. The Super Bowl showed that while Kyle Shanahan is awesome at designing an offense, he's won with a bunch of different quarterbacks, all those things, he's just not someone you can trust to make the right decisions in big games. And the decision to take the ball in overtime was the wrong decision, no matter how you slice it. I don't care how he explains it. And frankly, he should stop trying to explain it because it sounds worse. You take in overtime, you don't take the ball because then it gives your other team the chance, the first true chance to really win the game. The only way you can guarantee you're getting the ball back for a third possession is if on your first possession you score a touchdown and you go for two. Then the most the team can do on the next possession is tie it. By doing what they did, they gave Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs the chance to to truly win the game. I think in that situation, Nick Sirianni would have made the right call. I think Nick Sirianni listens to the analytical staff to a certain extent. I don't think he's like all as all in as Doug Peterson was, but I think he listens. And I think that while Shanahan's great at offense, you see he makes the wrong decisions a lot, like when to go for two, uh, when to kick a field goal or, or go for it on fourth down. And in the biggest moment of the game, he made the wrong decision. And moving forward... I thought that was encouraging for what Nick Sirianni can be as a CEO head coach. Kellen Moore is going to have to be good on offense. Nick Sirianni is going to be involved in that. But ultimately, these games come down to situational football. Players knowing what to do in the right moments. Coaches making the right decisions. Every game in the NFL, or almost every game, except for at the end of the season with the Eagles, is like a one-possession game. So ultimately, it's going to come down to are you making those right decisions. And I think Kyle Shanahan, for as much as people love his motion and all that, He doesn't make the right decisions. I think Nick, now as a CEO head type, is going to have a better chance of making those decisions with less on his plate. So that was my main takeaway from the Super Bowl. Outside of the fact that the Niners, you can almost just wipe them off next year as a contender. It's really hard to to win coming off losing the Super Bowl, as Eagles fans very much know. A lot of key players are going to be free agents. It looks like they're going to be missing key players like uh, Greenlaw to injury potentially all next year, which is tough to see. So for the Eagles, like... 
Andy gets the Super Bowl, which I think is the better outcome. You leave that game feeling better about a CEO type of head coach. And the Niners look like they're kind of, you can wipe them away for next year. So overall, a good outcome for the Super Bowl uh, for the Eagles, I thought. And I think it was an encouraging thing for uh, fans to feel good about moving forward that maybe a CEO type head coach is uh, is the way to go. So with that off my chest, uh, let's start with some of these questions. So one that I get, I got a few times, um, and I think is good to dive into right now, is the Eagles salary cap situation. Um, I love following the salary cap. It's one of really my favorite things to do since I started covering the team, breaking down the numbers, who they're keeping, who they're not. But a lot has really changed with the salary cap since I started to do it. When I started covering the team back in 2012, there was like real decisions to be made around money. And there still are in a lot of ways. But one thing that's really changed is I remember my early years covering the team, I would sit on you know the pod or write or whatever, and it would be like, here's five guys they can cut to save money. Now with how how he manages the cap, there is only, excuse me, I'm looking now, three players on the team, or no, sorry, one player on the team that would save over $2 million if they released him. I remember days where Vinnie Curry, Torrey Smith, like guys that if they cut, Brandon Boykin, if they cut, they would save substantial money. There's just not a lot of those guys anymore. The way how he manages the cap, he doesn't make salary cap cuts. It's just not really how he does it anymore. He get, does a lot of really low base salaries so he can stretch the money out. And as a result of having low base salaries, a lot of the guys that you would think that they can maybe cut for performance or you know whatever, just does they, they don't save much money. The other thing about following the salary cap that's changed, I think over the last few years, is that while I love to do it and I'm excited to talk about it, how we can always get around it. Like there is not a move they, can, they can't make because of salary cap space. You can always find a way. The example I like to use, to use is they signed James Bradbury that first year to a one-year $10 million contract. His salary cap hit that year, $4 million. So the money that's going to be out there for players, there's always, always, always a way to do it. I don't want to hear anybody tell you that they can't sign Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, Hassan Reddick because of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts cap hit next year for the 2024 season. I have it. It is right around here. Jalen Hurts cap hit. Sorry, it is not coming up. because His cap hit next year, $13 million. His deal averages $50 million a year. His cap hit will be $13 million. They have enough space to go do what they want to do. So with that being said, while Howie and Jake Rosenberg can always find a way, Let's talk about the cap and where they're at. Right now, they're at about $20 million in salary cap space. That is a ton of cap space. They normally like to hold around $10 million to roll over. They didn't do that this past year, which was a bit out of character. So of the $10 million, let's say 5 or $6 million they want to save. They have to sign their draft picks. So let's just say they have $10 million. Now, there's a way for them to get more. Kevin Byard... Um, is under contract for next year. He's the only player on the roster where if you cut where if you just straight up cut him, you save a substantial amount of money. If they cut Kevin Byard, they save $13 million. So let's say they do that or they say to him, "Look, you can come back, but you're taking a massive salary cut." Regardless, they're going to save at least 10 to 12 million dollars with Kevin Byard. I'd be there's no shot he's going to play next year on this contract. So $20 million they have initially, you add another 13, 14 million dollars in cap space from Kevin Byard, that brings you up to around $35 million. $35 million is an obscene amount of cap space. It's one of the highest numbers I think Howie's had since I started covering the team. So he'll have a lot to do. Another way they can 
they can open up cap space. And we'll get into this in a little more detail with Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick has a cap number next year of $21 million. It's the biggest cap hit on the team. He has a base salary of $14 million. So if they were to extend Hassan Reddick, which if they don't trade him, they're going to give him a new deal. My guess is you open up another $10 million right there, if not maybe $8 million, somewhere around there. So you go from having $35 million to over $40 million, whether it's $45 million, $43 million. Hassan Reddick is not going to count $21 million against the cap space. It's just not going to happen. So he has a, a base salary that is very easy to work with. None of it's guaranteed. He's a potential option to open more cap space. Outside of that, like Avante Maddox has a base salary of $6 million. Maybe you try to squeeze him and, and take money from him. You get another 3 or $4 million there. But honestly, Avante's played well. I know he's hurt all the time. I don't know. There's not much there for me from a cap perspective. If you just can't count on him anymore and you release them, you save around $2 million, I wouldn't fight them too hard on it. But I think Maddox is worth bringing back. He's popular in the locker room. He can play multiple positions. If he's hurt, he's hurt. You have to have a better contingency plan. But I don't think there's a lot of, of salary cap benefit to moving on from him. Outside of that, Jake Elliott, $3.5 million. Maybe you restructure him and save a million or two. But the bottom line is they have a lot of cap space to work with. They could have as much as $45 million. And I think conservatively, they're going to have at least $30 million. Now they'll go out and they'll give some to Devontae, obviously. They'll give some to Landon Dickerson. Like There will be guys that get, that get extensions. But I think that the Eagles have enough money to go out and sign premier free agents. Like I haven't taken a deep dive at the free agent class yet. But let's say there is a stud linebacker out there. They have the money to go sign him while also signing Devontae, Landon, you know, extending Hassan. Like they, they have the ability to do that. And while we're talking about the cap, another question that I got um, that a few of you guys submitted was what should they do with James Bradbury? So James Bradbury next year has a cap number of $4 million. If the Eagles release him, just straight up release him. And it's possible they trade him, but honestly, the cap implications are roughly the same. If they cut James Bradbury, they lose $10 million in cap space. So that $40 million, $35 million we were talking about, that goes down to $25 million. They could post-June 1st cut him, and then the cap implications are not as bad. At that point, you open up a million dollars. But regardless, there's no cap benefit to cutting James Bradbury. It's possible they just say, look, you're not good anymore. We don't believe in you. Like, thank you for everything you've done, but we're just going to release you and you can go do your thing. I think it makes more sense to bring James Bradbury back. You don't take the $10 million cap hit, number one. And number two, I think with better safety play and a better defensive coordinator, I think James Bradbury could have a better year. And at the worst case, you bring him in. And if Keely Ringo or Eli Ricks or whoever you bring in beats him out, then you bench him. And he's on the bench. And that's that sucks for him, for sure. And like maybe at that point you release him. But I would bring James Bradbury into camp and at least see what you have. They're not deep enough at corner by any stretch where you can just cut guys and take massive cap hits to do it. So I would keep James Bradbury. I think it's a smart financial decision. And I think just from a team-building perspective, there's not a ton of benefit in moving on from him. He's a great locker room guy. He's a leader. Like He's quiet. I, I, I don't think he's going to cause a big scene if, he, if he's not playing. And if he is, then again, you release him at that point. But I would bring James Bradbury back. So that's kind of where they're at with the cap. They currently have 20 million. They'll probably have around 35, 38 million. I think they probably keep James Bradbury. I think they open up room with Hassan Reddick. 
or at the very least, if they trade him, they, you know, they get a ton of space. If they trade Hassan Reddick, they get $16 million. So there's a lot more cap space there to be opened. And Howie has enough to really do whatever he wants this season, um, this offseason, because he's never had this much cap space to work with during my time covering the team. Um, speaking of cap space, another question I got a lot of was, would you re-sign Fletcher Cox? So when we talk about Hassan Reddick and you talk about what they need to do at these positions, Fletcher Cox falls under the same umbrella to me. Fletcher Cox is a player they need to bring back. If you look at their defensive line, Jalen Carter, obviously the most important defensive tackle on the roster, played really well last year, fell off a little at the end, but you would think going into next year, you're going to get borderline Pro Bowl, all pro play from him. At the very least, like very good play. So you feel good about that spot. But after that, I mean, Milton Williams, who I think might be a free agent, but Milton Williams, potentially you bring him back, or if you lose him, he's not really a full-time player. I think he's shown potential. He can't be the answer there next to Jalen Carter. Jordan Davis is going to get those snaps, and he'll get a shot, but it's been two years, and he's not shown an ability to rush the passer. So I don't have a ton of confidence moving forward in, uh, in Jordan Davis taking those major snaps. Fletcher Cox was the best defensive lineman on the team last year outside of Hassan Reddick, in my opinion, and certainly the best defensive tackle. Good against the run, good rushing the passer, gave you big-time snaps. Like I thought you got your money's worth out of Fletcher Cox last year. And because of some of the misses, again, Jordan Davis, not a contributing player. Don't know what you're getting out of Nolan Smith. Like Not a ton of depth there. You really need Fletcher Cox back. So I think they should re-sign Fletcher Cox. My guess is he got like $14 million last year. Maybe he takes a little less. He's a year older. Who knows? I think there'll be teams out there interested in him, like a team like the Houston Texans that are suddenly competing. Um, Fletcher spends a lot of his offseason like in the Texas area, or at least he did at one point. So maybe there's an interest there. But I would go out and I would pay Fletcher Cox. Like give him one year, $14 million, stretch that bad boy out over four years where you have a bunch of you know dead money, like dummy years on the contract. But I think they need Fletcher Cox back. Jordan Davis talked as if he's not. I think that would be a mistake unless they go out and really make another move at the position. But they need a defensive tackle next to Jalen Carter. So maybe it's not Fletcher, but they can't just let Fletcher walk, count on Jordan Davis, draft a rookie. Like You need someone there you can count on. And I think Fletcher Cox, uh, Fletcher Cox would be a really good option there. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Um, before we get into our next question, the next question you guys were nice enough to submit, I of course have to tell you guys. So this morning I woke up um, nice and warm in my bed, you know, feeling comfy. Go downstairs, let Kingsley out. Man, it is cold outside again. And as I record this on a Friday afternoon, it's supposed to snow tomorrow. So obviously it's going to be at least below freezing and it's going to be very cold. The good news is I didn't know how cold it was outside. Didn't really leave the house yesterday. Probably won't leave the house today. I'll leave the house tomorrow to go to parks. But when I'm in my house, I don't know how cold it is out because I have great windows. And you think about heating your house up as just like an HVAC thing. It's really a, a combination. You have to have a good HVAC so that you can get hot air in the house. And then you have to have good windows to keep that hot air in the house. And as we know, Window Nation is the people to call if you need to do it. So it's frosty, it's freezing, it's February, and alliteration, shout out to James. And if you finally had enough of the frigid drafts coming through your windows and the frustrations of higher and higher heating bills, it's time to fight the February cold with quality replacement windows from Window Nation. This month only, replace your windows and save big with 50% off of all window styles. 50% all window styles. Plus, zero down, zero interest, no payments for 24 months. The professional installation team at Window Nation has over 10 years of experience. That's how much I've covered in the Eagles. It's pretty crazy. So I guess maybe we started around the same time. Plus, they can install your new windows in one day or less, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands of homeowners have trusted Window Nation for their homes, and you can too. Don't miss out. With 50% off and zero down plus zero interest and no payments for 24 months, you simply cannot afford to wait. It's easy. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free home estimate. And I've been loving hearing some of the stories from people about the experience they have with Window Nation. Uh, it's been really cool. Like, obviously, we talk a lot on this pod about real ones, auto downloaders, roadies. Like, I don't know. It's it's nice to work with a company that I know people that have worked with them have had a good experience. So if you need good windows, if you're like a new homeowner, if you're in your mid-30s like me or even younger, like it can be scary to do things to the house. And it is nice to have Window Nation to know you can call. So shout out Window Nation. Tell them Go Bird sent you. All right. Next question. So we did the cap space. We did Fletcher Cox. Um, this one I got a lot of too. And I think obviously it's topical. Should the Eagles sign Eddie Jackson? Released by the Chicago Bears uh, on Thursday. Ton of experience starting in the NFL. Obviously plays a position in need um, at, at, for the Eagles playing safety. Has experience, experience with Vic Fangio. He's 30 years old. He's not uh, young by any stretch, at least you know in NFL, in NFL standards. But... Would bring experience, has played under Vic, has played his best football under Vic. And I think it's really important when you're a new coach to bring in players that have played in your system before. Um, when Nick Sirianni first got here, he brought Zach Pascal on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, Eddie Jackson would presumably play a bigger role than, than Pascal did. But Pascal had been with Nick in Indianapolis. He knew Nick. They were close. He'd played good football under Nick. He knew the offense. He knew the terminology. He knew how Nick liked to do things. You know, not that he was like a coach in the locker room, but I think it was beneficial for Nick to have Pascal in the locker room for guys to get to know him and to be like a an extension of Nick there. I think Eddie Jackson could do those things. So I think 
Off the field, there's a ton of benefits to bringing him in. Again, knows what Vic Fangio wants to do. Knows the terminology. Can help the young players. Um, you know, knows even how like Vic likes to run practice for the defensive side of the ball. Can explain things to players in and out as they learn the new system. I think there's a real benefit there for Eddie Jackson. The other thing is the Eagles flat out need a safety. And this offseason, they probably need to make multiple moves. I think you go into next year with Reed Blankenship uh, as a penciled-in starter. I don't think you put that in pen. I don't think he deserves to just have the job no matter what. But you have Reed Blankenship next to him, Justin Evans. Um, you know He probably won't even be back next year. Um, and then outside of that, Sidney Brown, but he's now coming off of an ACL tear. So there's concern there, like how healthy will he be? Will he be the same player? All those things. They need to make multiple moves. You need to bring in, you know, potentially Kevin Byard stays as we just talked about. But Eddie Jackson can come in. He can play slot if needed. He can pl- play in the box safety. He can play free safety. You could move him all around. I think he complements Reed Blankenship nicely in that way. And I think if you have going next year with Reed Blankenship and Eddie Jackson, those aren't like all pro caliber safeties. They're not guys that you know are going to be in contention for the Pro Bowl. But I think that they can be quality safety. So I would go get Eddie Jackson. I don't think it'll cost a ton of money. I think it makes sense for him to come here. I think he'd have interest in coming here. It would be a chance to win. It would be a coach he knows. But then they still need to go out and do something else. Like you can't just count on Sid- on Sidney Brown, Eddie Jackson, and Reed Blankenship. You'd have to make another move, a quality depth move. Some- someone that would come here knowing they're probably going to be a backup but is a high quality backup. So I think they need multiple moves at safety, but starting with Eddie Jackson would be a good one. And it would not surprise me if it's a move the Eagles made, because I think they're really going to try to to put some money into the safety position this offseason, or at least put resources into there. I think the middle of the field really hurt them. It hurt the corners. It, it hurt, obviously, the safety play. So I think you'll go see them invest in, in the safety. And Eddie Jackson would be a good place to start. All right. Next question is, how high should they draft a wide receiver? This was an interesting question, and it's one that we're going to talk about a lot moving up to the draft. Now, I have not put together my wide receiver draft big board. I think it's safe to say they're not going to be getting like Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, So you can probably cross him off the list of guys they're going to get. But drafting a receiver high has a couple of different dynamics here. One, let's just look at it from like the 53-man roster next year. They need another wide receiver. I've been you know, maybe sadly, but Quez's biggest defender in the city. Like I do think Quez's potential. I've seen him make really good catches in training camp. He's had moments in the NFL where he's shown it. You just can't count on him next year to be the number three. You just can't. Like maybe you bring him in and he's a five. My guess is Quez is not even back, but you need a number three. Last year, when AJ went down to the playoff game, they had nobody to go to besides Devontae. And Devontae was awesome. He still put up a big game. But they need a number three that can be a number two if one of the top receivers goes down. So just on the field, they need a number three. I think it makes Devontae better. It makes AJ better. And if you draft a rookie, like you don't have to worry about getting him touches right away. If you draft him in the first round, like maybe it's a little bit of something you're discussing. But in the second round, in the third round, like then you're getting a receiver that's coming in, learning his role, learning his place in the offense, learning the offense, but can still be a dynamic type player. Like a Zay Jones, someone that they, maybe they can design plays for, you know, find ways to get the ball in his hand. But they need an, uh, they need another receiver. The other part of this is, well, I don't think they'll ever have any problem playing Devontae and AJ. It is something to consider. Like if you draft a receiver in the first round, and let's say after a year, he's a stud. Like maybe you can move on from AJ or or Devontae. And I know no one wants to hear that, but it would open up cap space. This guy would be younger. Like there's all those dynamics. So 
My my need for a receiver is not really financial. I don't think that's a big problem. But I think on the field they do need one, and I think there's some financial benefits to it. So very early look at the draft in the first round. My guess is you're going to see them go either on the line or on defense. Just I think that's where they're going to go. They need help on the offensive line, and they help on the defensive line. They're in an interesting, interesting spot late in the draft. Howie has not performed well drafting in the 20s, which is a bit of a concern. Like Whether you give him blame or not for Marcus Smith, Marcus Smith, uh, Jalen Rager, Andre Dillard, Barnett wasn't really there. He was 14, but you know he was outside the top 10. So I, I think they won't go receiver in the first round, but it's definitely something they, they should consider. Like Invest in the offensive side of the ball, get some more depth there, and I think it would be a smart move. Um, all right, last question I have for you guys, and I really appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, it does mean a lot that you've spent this time just listening to me blabble, blabble my ideas about the Eagles and some of my thoughts. What would you trade Hassan Reddick for? So I think there's two ways to look at what you do with the Hassan Reddick situation. One is, I don't think there's a need to trade him. Give him a new deal, stretch the money out, you keep your best pass rusher, make him feel happy, give him more guaranteed money. Like They can work their way around the Hassan Reddick thing. So that's the first thing. But if they're going to trade him, I like a player-for-player deal here. Um, I brought up Buda Baker as an option out of Arizona. Um, Arizona, Jonathan Gannon's there. He got a really good year out of Hassan Reddick. Obviously, Hassan's played there before, so I don't know how thrilled he'd be to go back, but Arizona's a cool place to live, and if they're going to pay him, I'm sure he'll be fine You know, fine enough going back there. Um, Buda would come in right away and be an impact player for the Eagles. You saw how disruptive he could be in the Eagles' loss, still stunningly, to the Cardinals this past year, and he helps a position in need. Buda Baker also in the final year of his deal, um, I think he's 30. Maybe he's younger than that. Let me look that up. But he's certainly not like on the back end of his career or anything like that. Buda Baker age, 28. So he's younger than I thought. And he also will be 28 all next season, or at least until January. So younger than Hassan, a position in need. I think a player for player deal makes sense. Like maybe Denver, Patrick, Sertain, you'd probably have to add more, obviously, than Hassan to acquire Patrick. But maybe you give them Hassan Reddick in a second, and then you give Patrick Sertain a new deal. Hassan gets his new deal in Denver. I'm not super interested in trading Hassan Reddick for a draft pick because I think you're probably going to get a late second, third round pick, which is not nothing. Like you could flip that for something else, or you know that you can find and you should find contributing players in those in those rounds. But Hassan Reddick needs help. Can help the Eagles win next year the Eagles Super Bowl window is open like unless unless you guys think uh, Jalen Hurts isn't the answer then their Super Bowl window is open and I so I don't have interest in trading Hassan Reddick for a draft pick if you can get a player for him yeah I think that's an interesting thing like if if you're gonna have to trade him then go get someone that can help you right now so again Buda Baker Patrick Sertain there's probably other guys out there that Howie knows of that I can't think of but I think if you're going to trade Hassan Reddick, then you gotta got to get a player for him. You can't do it just with uh, draft picks. All right, so those are you know the, the best questions that got submitted. I will give you guys a final thought. Now, it's not going to be as fun to do without James here, but, but I'll, maybe I'll ask James anyway, and we'll do it twice. So obviously, Valentine's Day just happened. Shout out to Kristen. Love her. Shout out to all you guys. Happy Valentine's Day to all you guys. So obviously I bought her flowers and I was thinking, like, obviously I had no reason to return the flowers, but are flowers one of the only things that you don't return? Like, I, like you don't really return food in general, but you could. Like if I bought a frozen pizza and I went home and it wasn't opened, I could go and return it as long as I had the receipt. If I 
bought grapes and then I came home, shout out Seinfeld, saying you don't return fruit. But like you can return food with a receipt. But flowers are a weird thing to me. Like they're not really open because you buy them open and you're not really like you could have them sit in your house for two days and then return them if you wanted. And I also think there would be a somewhat like embarrassing component to returning flowers. Like I think, look, I'm not going to go return a frozen pizza unless I'm like proving a point. Like it's like $7, but flowers, like, you know, flowers are $40, but I think I would just be curious, like of all the items that are sold in a grocery store, flowers have to be the lowest percentage of return. Because if you, if you go and give them your significant other, you're not going and returning at that point. If like it goes poorly, you know, and I hope it didn't for anybody out there. I don't think like the first thing you're thinking is let me go return these flowers. So I bet that at a grocery store, the least returned item is probably flowers. And I would guess at a flower shop as well. Like what would be the series of events to have you return flowers? And like, even if you had to, would you really feel comfortable going back? Like, I feel like it'd be embarrassing slightly. So that was my thought I had as I gave Kristen her beautiful flowers and I did not return them because we had a great Valentine's day. But I feel like they have to be one of the least returned items. If not the, the one of the, I could probably think of another that I don't want to say on the pod, but like if, if not one of the lowest returned items in the grocery store, it's gotta be up there. So that was one of my final thoughts. I will ask James this once he, uh, is back to full health and we can discuss it. But thank you to everybody for listening to the pod. As always, you know, I love you guys with all my heart. Um, and it feels very appropriate to say on Valentine's Day. So I will be back on Saturday. We will on with Par- at Parks Casino from one to three with Devin Candy. We'll talk Eagles. We'll talk Hassan Reddick. We'll probably do Sixers, maybe a little Phillies. We'll have fun. Maybe I'll ask her her opinion on returning flowers. So, all right. Until next time, as always, he's Elliot. I'm James. See you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.